So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Erica, and we are so excited, like really excited that you're here to listen to our podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, feedback, critiques, criticisms, praise, feel free to find us online at sewemetonline.com. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash sewemetonline. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, Erica. (laughs) Yes? I met this article online. That counts. You met the article online. Yeah, well, actually, I woke up one morning and there was an article sitting in my inbox and I pulled it up and decided to read it. This one caught my eye and I thought we could talk about it. This is an article from insidehook.com full disclosure it was published in december of 2019 the title is 20 things we should stop doing in our dating apps in 2020 so we're in 2020 and i was kind of curious to see what it had to say and as i was reading through some of these things some of them i agreed with some of them i didn't and so i thought we could talk about it a little bit that sounds good i briefly glanced over this but Let's just assume I'm looking at it for the first time. Not that you ever don't get my unfiltered responses, but you'll especially be getting my unfiltered responses today. I love it. Just to set the tone, we probably won't do all 20. Number one, pretending to be very over or ambivalent about or too good for dating apps. Basically, they're saying, I'm just too good for dating apps. I I don't need them. Or like, I don't like dating apps. But my friend met on here, so, or we can pretend we met in the aisle of Whole Foods. Yeah, because, you know, dating apps, it's so passe, right? (laughs) Now, what's curious about this one was this, again, was done in December of 2019 before we realized that the only way you're going to be able to meet people now is through a dating app. Yep. So you better not poo-poo it. Maybe I just wanted to say poo-poo. You better not poo-poo it because that's all you got. (laughs) That's all you got. There are people who say, you know, dating apps are just not my thing. I'd rather go out and meet people organically or in person somehow, you know, whatever that case might be. And they just discredit dating apps immediately. I agree. And it's so silly to me because one, neither is mutually exclusive. I mean, who doesn't prefer to meet someone organically, have that great meet cute? You're not doing dating apps out of necessity. You're doing it because you're smart because it's another tool. But it's almost like sometimes people discount someone they met online versus someone they met in person because they themselves are not comfortable with the medium. Exactly. Okay. Number two, I've not seen this, but I can understand it. Asking for someone's Snapchat before their phone number. Okay, this has to be for millennials then because you couldn't pay me to get on Snapchat. (laughs) Me neither. And it goes on to say that if you're asking for my Snapchat, I assume you're either one, 18, two, (laughs) looking for nudes, or three, married. I can't opine on this because Snapchat isn't just not something I ever care to know. But what I can talk about is 
Most of the dating apps allow for you to connect to your Instagram. We've talked about this before, and that's something I generally do not recommend. Why? Because it shares a lot of extra information about you to someone you don't know, potentially too much. Less is more. And I remember your argument back to me last time was, well, my Instagram is all food pictures, so I want to show someone that I love food. And actually, I'm good with that. I agree with that. But recently, for example, I had a client who her entire, she's just gotten really into fitness and her entire Instagram was her workouts. And I just didn't think people should be privy to that yet before they get to know her and like her for who she is. So in general, with a few exceptions, I don't recommend connecting to Instagram. Sometimes you see profiles that just list their Instagram account. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're giving people too much credit. Like they're going to actually pay so much attention to you that they're going to, you know, go off of Bumble and look up your Instagram. Just don't do it. This goes hand in hand with what you're saying and what the article says. The other option is influencers. And there's a lot of people out there who basically have dating profiles who do not have an intention to actually date, but do Mm -hmm. have an intention to get people to their Instagram or Twitter so that they can get more people following them. A little bit off topic, but related to this is a frustration I have personally, given my job as a dating coach and the fact that I've been doing my job for nine years. As you and most listeners know, I've been in relationships while I've been doing my business and I've been single while I've been doing my business. Nine years is a long time. So I've, I've seen many different aspects of, of dating personally. When I am single, sometimes, of course, I use the dating apps. Why would you not use the tool that you know best? And I find it extremely frustrating when people make an assumption that I am on there to research them or to find clients because one, that would be really disingenuous. And two, I mean, what makes them think that they're so extraordinary that I would want to do research on them? It's one thing if somebody asks me politely, like just to be sure you're on here for you, right? Yes. It's another when someone says, well, you're lying, you're doing this, like making assumptions based on nothing. That is fairly frustrating. Moving on. Number three, exchanging numbers too early. Now again- You know how I feel about this. I know exactly how you feel about this, but I'm gonna ask you, has this changed because of the state that we're in? No. So you know I call texting the death of the first date. Did I ever tell you I had a client who quoted me to somebody Although I was flattered, I was like, oh my God, that's very harsh. He wanted to exchange numbers immediately. And she wrote, no, texting is the death of the first date. And he was like, all right, peace out. You know? <laughs> I was like, I'm completely and utterly flattered that you're quoting me and you're taking my advice. But that's like an inside thought, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I said, next time, you know, the sentiment is there, but there's a better way to say it. So here's the advice I give now. If you're not planning or not able to meet someone physically in person, if you're setting up a Zoom date or a FaceTime date or something like that, I still recommend planning it as if it's a regular date. So setting up the time and date of the call versus just saying, here's my number, text me, here's my number, call me. Because that way, 
you're still setting it up. So you each have that commitment. You have it blocked out. And look, I've had people set it up like that. And the person still doesn't show, which just really shows you a glimpse into that person's character. So I agree with the advice here. Don't exchange numbers too early, regardless of whether you're going to be talking on the phone, video or meeting in person. Yeah, it says weary swipers may be reluctant to add yet another Matt Tinder or maybe Mike to their phone. In my own expert opinion, as the article says, numbers should be exchanged when you are ready to make plans to meet in person. Right. And I would take it a step further. Numbers should be exchanged when you've made plans to meet in person, just for contingencies. And just to refresh everyone on why, often when things switch to text, one thing or another will go wrong. The urgency is gone. Someone will start every day with the good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine. Doing laundry. It's always laundry. Or they'll say something they shouldn't like. What's up, sexy? No, not before you know someone. Or someone just drops the ball. If the ultimate goal is having a date in whatever form that date is on the calendar, then no amount of texting before scheduling that can help you. One more before we hit the break. Overusing someone's name. I thought that was an interesting one. They cite a couple of psychologists who basically allude that the more you use someone's name, the more you're able to build up a rapport or establish intimacy with that individual. I definitely have heard that before. I guess using somebody's name is better than saying, hey, babe, or, you know, or the wrong name. But how much is too much when you're chatting on a dating app. It's creepy, for lack of better words, if you use the person's name over and over. Like if I'm writing to you, Chris, if I haven't met you yet, and every text to you over the app is like, Chris, that is so funny. I was wondering what you think, Chris. You know, it's funny. I've never thought of writing this out as a piece of actual advice, but I have told people before, and it's usually men who overuse the woman's name, take it a step back it's a little much. Yeah. Okay. So when we get back from the break, we're going to cover a couple more of these, specifically some questions around pictures, which we always love uh -huh. talking about. One that we actually talked about last week and probably the one that we both disagree with the most. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Just for you, our listeners of So We Met Online, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I don't know about you, but I have a guilty pleasure, and that is playing Candy Crush on my phone. But I feel like I have to balance out the dying brain cells by educating myself while I'm playing, so I can listen to an audiobook from Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash So We Met Online for a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Okay, Erica. Yes? <laughs> Just before the break, Erica, we were talking about the top 20 <laughs> things not to do in dating apps in 2020. An article by InsideHook.com. So the next few really revolve all around pictures. We've got too many group pics. We have fewer than three pictures. We have selfies. And then we also have pictures that aren't you. What's your thoughts? 
I have many. So the group pictures, we talked about this last week, actually. I don't recommend any group pictures. I particularly don't recommend you putting a little blob or, you know, an emoji over your friends' faces. If you are going to have group pictures, just crop out your friends. Now, interestingly enough, more recently, my tune has changed a little bit on this. Not that you should include a group picture, but as crazy as this sounds, include a picture of you with friends that you've cropped out your friends because it does look a little fishy if you have five pictures that are all just you looking into the camera. Do you do anything besides just pose for a picture? So I would say in addition to just the pictures of you, you can have a group picture that you crop and or you doing something interesting. I was working with a client just before we're recording this, and we came across a picture of a woman on a Zamboni. I mean, how cool is that? She's on a Zamboni. Just something that's not just you staring into the camera over and over and over again. But again, you don't want to be compared to your friends, and people don't take the time to play Where's Waldo. So a group picture always backfires. Yeah, and I think this is interesting, and I think it goes to your point, which is, Number seven is too many group pics, but then number nine is too many selfies. Yeah, How do you... because then you wonder, don't you have any pictures that somebody else took ever? Right. Are you by yourself 100% of the time? Because again, we've talked about this before. Let's say you have five pictures. If all five are selfies, I believe 100% of your life is spent alone. <laughs> so I agree with getting some type of action shot, I would steer away from the picture with you and a lion or a zebra, you know, or things like that. But something in an environment that you are comfortable in, maybe even a, like a work environment or an action shot of you doing something that you enjoy doing are all extremely valid options. And this goes also to another point. Don't use somebody else's dogs. Oh, which, for crying out loud. Which, hold on. First thing that came to mind was you and I in a car mm -hmm. with your dog, and I took a selfie with you and Scruff, and uh -huh. I loved it so much. And I'm like, I should really use this as a And I picture. reprimanded you and, and said, you, you cannot use my dog in your picture to lure women. That's right. You know, they call that dog fishing, right? That's dog fishing. Yeah, so something else you should not be doing. That's ridiculous. Well, actually, that gets to... What you said earlier, pictures that aren't you. Okay, so that aren't your dog, aren't you? We see all these pictures sometimes. It's like, it's a boat. It's a sunset. I saw a bowl of strawberries once. It's a kale salad. I ask people sometimes when, you know, when they hire me and I look through the pictures they want me to, to decide between, I'll ask them, like, why is this even a possibility? What is your rationale here? And they say, well, I want someone to see my lifestyle. No. Look, people are so transparent and so surface. They just want to see who's showing up on the date. That's it. They don't want to see your sailboat. Maybe if you're on the sailboat, fine. They certainly don't want to see you next to your car. And they certainly don't want to see just your car. You know what? This actually goes into number 11, which is using pictures of yourself at the Women's March. <laughs> is, I don't and have I, a problem with this. And I guess I'm. this article is geared towards men in this particular one because it says, don't get me wrong, I'm glad you went to the Women's March and you should feel good about it. But using pictures of yourself at the Women's March on your dating profile makes it seem like you're using feminism to attract women. Is there a right place and a wrong place or a certain activity or a type of activity that just makes you come off as not genuine? I don't have a problem with the Women's March, except 
that if you're doing the big one, that was back in 2016. That's a four-year-old picture now. I have a problem with a four-year-old picture, not necessarily with the Women's March, because that shows an interest of yours. It shows that you, what does it show? shows you support women. (laughs) But I think there are some activities that probably do come off as cliche or weird, creepy. I don't know. Well, I I had a picture of a guy doing yoga once. It was a client of mine. He showed me this picture, and I asked him, are you an avid yogi do you practice yoga regularly and he was like no but i want people to know i would or that i'm flexible that's my permanent male voice for anyone including dogs and i said absolutely not then you can't use that's misrepresenting you i just keep thinking of things that you probably just don't want to post pictures of like you at a strip club that's probably not the best profile picture the point here is Don't try to game things. The minute you start overthinking and gaming and I want to show this aspect of myself and I want to show that aspect of myself, people can see through it. So just be yourself. I only recommend five pictures total. So just be yourself in those pictures. Don't try to game it. So this is interesting. I'm on Instagram all the time, you know, because of business. And I saw an exchange a woman had with a guy and he wrote to her and she said, you know, I'm not comfortable with that mirror selfie of yours. It was really odd. And it was, I saw it. It was not just a regular mirror selfie, which I would still never recommend, but it was a really weird one with like the date posted, but he was making a strange face and he was definitely shirtless. And he wrote back, well, why? I wanted to show it was a recent picture. What could I have done better? Stop thinking so hard. Just think to yourself, what do I want to see about a date? And then post the same stuff of you. All I want to see is a picture of your face, a full body picture, and a picture of you doing something interesting. Just want to know who's going to show up. Nothing more, nothing less. And on the note of just want to see who shows up, we won't get into this. We actually got into this big time last week. And I know it's like uh, something like... uh, And so 13, I think we adamantly agree with lying about your age. Once again, we get validation from another article that says, stop lying about your age. And something similar, number 14, listing very specific height, weight, body type requirements. Now, I'm assuming this is not necessarily what my body type is, but I'm listing, I only want to date somebody who's six feet or taller or I only want to date a certain, say, petite body type. If you're specifically calling out the type of person that you want to date, that's what this is talking about. Right. Even if you fit into that parameter, it just comes off as so superficial, so negative, so closed-minded. I just read this profile response on Hinge the other day. It says, it was a guy, the way to win me over is, that's the prompt, And he answers, wear your hair up, lipstick, tights, bikinis, all of these make me weak. I'm very visual. As a woman, when I read that, I think to myself, screw you. Nobody tells me what to wear. And your love for me would always be contingent on how I look. That's immediately what a woman thinks. I see it all the time. Women looking for tall men and have a very specific measurement height that they're looking for. And if you're under that height, they're not interested in talking with you. Or even at times body type, 
you know, I'm looking for a muscular or somebody in shape or fill in the blank. And same thing, as soon as I read that, even if I meet those requirements, I typically swipe left. Absolutely. Okay, we've got two more here. Number 19, rapid fire right swiping on every single prospective match. Mm-hmm. And the writer says, I'd heard rumors that men would just open up Tinder or Bumble and swipe right on every single profile in hopes of racking up some matches. But I didn't believe it until one day at the gym when I matched in horror from my perch atop a stair climber, whatever, whatever, whatever. Too many words in this. And she realized that, yes, men are in fact. And we talked about this last week. Yes, men are swiping right to not necessarily rack up matches, but just to play the odds. I know. So I tell my clients that, and this is a generalization, of course, because it's not true for everyone. But when my female clients do get upset because they've matched with someone and that person doesn't write to them or doesn't write back and they don't know why, I just explain the differences in how men and women generally do the apps. The first part's exactly the same. If you're just not attracted at all to the first picture, you're swiping left no matter what. The end. Everyone does that. Now, for a guy, most of the time, if he likes that first picture, he swipes right. The end. End of the tree diagram or whatever you want to <laughs> call it. Whereas a woman, she likes the first picture. Now, she scrolls through the rest of the pictures. If those all pass muster, then she'll read the profile. One, make sure there's a profile there. Two, make sure it says something not negative, of interest, proper grammar, punctuation, all that stuff. It's a whole process. And if at any point in that process, there's something she doesn't like, she'll swipe left. And if she gets through that and swipes right, then it means she actually liked this person. And there's a huge difference there because a match means something so different to men and women. That is 100% true. You know what's interesting, Chris? So I've had my business for nine years and I feel like I have insider information on how men think. Sometimes I didn't want to know that much information, (laughs) but it really does help when I give advice. I feel like I have this advantage in life now (laughs) where I understand how men think and It's usually not that difficult. I'm not saying men are simple by any means, but you don't have to read between the lines too much. I think men are more inclined to do what they want, say what they want, don't do what they want, don't do what they don't want. Whereas women, there's a lot of nuance there. Let's look at the last one. And I think this is going to be the one that we disagree with. Number 20, getting unduly upset about ghosting. And I'm going to read this real quick. The 2010s were the decade of ghosting outrage. Let's leave that behind in 2020. Yes, it's rude to just disappear on a person you've been seeing, but times have changed and ghosting isn't the egregious moral ill it once was. In fact, there are many situations in which ghosting is not only permissible, but in fact, preferable. If you've been on a few dates with a person, yes, you should probably let them know if you're no longer interested in continuing to see them. But if you've never took things off the app, no one owes you an explanation. In fact, no one owes you anything. Ghost and let ghost. This makes me so angry because while times have changed, you know what hasn't changed? Feelings. 
people, the fact that people have feelings, just because it's more commonplace doesn't mean it's okay. I mean, how do we even define ghosting? Is it after you've been out with someone a few times? Is it after a year? Is it after you've struck up a communication with that person on one of the dating apps? I mean, it depends on how you define it. But here's what I really hate. No one owes you anything. That's something I've heard from clients before when they try to rationalize why someone hasn't contacted them. For example, I had a woman last week who, after two or three dates, she never heard from the guy again. He didn't answer her texts anymore. And she tried to sort of rationalize it. And she said to me, well, he didn't owe me anything. It's not like we knew each other that well. And that was to make herself feel better. But I hate that. I mean, where does that stop? Okay, no one in life owes anyone anything. It's not a matter of owing. It's just a matter of kindness. Yeah, so let's start with that definition piece. Ghosting to me, and I mm -hmm. think the general definition of ghosting is when you stop communicating with somebody after a period of time, I would argue that if you've only exchanged a couple of messages in a dating app, and you've mm -hmm. stopped talking with that individual, that's not ghosting. That's not ghosting no. at all. That's just, it's not I've nice, decided but it's to- not ghosting. Yeah, I've decided to move on. I've decided that there's not a connection here. I, I'll even unmatch somebody without telling them. That's not ghosting. That's what the app is intended to be used for. Yeah, but what if you're deep in a conversation, you just unmatch someone? Okay, that's not nice. if you're deep in a conversation for two hours, then what? Then you say, you know what? I'm just getting the feeling we're not a match. Sorry. That's fine. But even if you unmatch that person without telling them that and you're in the dating app and you've only been communicating for a couple of hours, I don't consider that ghosting. Yeah, I don't know. There's no word. I think it's pretty rude, but agree. I don't consider that ghosting yet. I think once you've actually started meeting or mm -hmm. started having regular conversations, even if those are phone conversations, text conversations, maybe there's a time period, you know, maybe it's after three or four or five days, you know, a couple of dates, maybe it's one date. I, I don't even necessarily see it after one date, which again, we have talked about where, you know, you go out on one date and you just both get the sense, you know what, this is just not going to go anywhere. Do you owe it to each other to kind of acknowledge that? Do you owe it to the other person to say, hey, thank you for tonight, but you know, I just, I think there's some gray area in there, but I still agree mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have to have some type of understanding that the other person has feelings and it's beneficial to at least make sure they understand that it's over. I have a thought. I don't consider it ghosting if you mutually don't reach out to each other. So in your scenario where it's very obvious you don't have a connection, no, let it go, big deal. Here's what I consider ghosting. You reach out to somebody and they choose not to respond to you ever. That's ghosting. I will add to that. Ghosting is when the other person is reaching out to you with uncertainty and you ignore them. I think the ghosting piece specifically is there's someone ignoring one another or one of the people. Right. And there's nothing that you can do and you have no understanding of what has happened. Okay. Tell me if this scenario is ghosting. Someone just asked me about this today. They went on a date with someone. According to her, it went really well. At the end of the date, 
they parted ways and said they would be in touch, not having made specific plans, but it seemed like from her perspective, it was a given that they would see each other again. He followed up shortly after a date with a funny joke about something they had talked about. She um, sent back a link they had talked about, and then she didn't hear from him for several days. I don't consider that ghosting. That's just non-communication. Now, at that point, she told me she reached out to him, and she never heard back after that. That, to me, is ghosting. Yeah, exactly. There's a time frame. There's a course of action there, right? Which is lack of communication, and then the moment that she reaches out to check in or to talk and he doesn't reply now you've reached that ghosting perspective and this is why i said on the apps i don't even consider that ghosting because as soon right, as but after I, a date yeah after a date and lack of communication if you both don't feel it and you both don't communicate with each other and no one person reaches mm-hmm. out to the other person then i just think you have both agreed that it's not going to work out from the male perspective on that one I gave my best advice that I could, but I'm obviously not in her date's head, so I don't know. She asked me, well, he was really effusive on the date about how much fun he was having and how he didn't want it to end and yada, yada, yada. And she asked me, well, why? I don't understand how you go from that to nothing. Can you answer that? So I think there's a few pieces in there, and I'll try to make it quick. One, and I think this happens on both sides of a relationship no matter what. I think there's a lot of people who try to make the date enjoyable without conflict. Mm -hmm. Even if you get to the point where you realize mid-date, you know what, this is just never going to work out. I'm not feeling it. But you still try to put on the show and make that person feel comfortable. And you don't want that drama happening like during the middle of a date, right? So you might say things to elude that you're having fun and everything is okay. And I am a victim of this as well not a victim, I'm perpetrator perpetrator of this, where I've even found myself saying, you know what, I'm not feeling this. But at the end of the day, saying, you know what, I had fun. I, you know, looking forward to seeing you again, or, hey, you know, you too, or yeah, or, you know, talk soon or talk to you later, right? And all of these like catchphrases that we're so used to saying, and then you just kind of blurt it out and you're like, well, no, I, I don't want to talk to her later, but I've said it because it's just some natural phrase that spurts out of my mouth, right? So I think there's that also. If you continue the conversation after the fact, like you're still exchanging a couple of text messages after the date, that also just may be a sign of uncertainty or confusion. And there could be any number of reasons why he doesn't continue after the fact. It could be like, yeah, I I had fun and oh yeah, thanks for the link and whatever. And then, ooh, here, another match. Oh, I got another date on Saturday. And we never feel like we have to come back and say, you know what, I just met somebody else. I just went on another date. I had a lot of fun. I think I have a better connection with this individual. Thank you, but I don't think this is going to work out. That conversation very rarely happens. I know. When she asked me, I I said to her, you know, I do believe that whether it's what you said and he was just saying the lines you're supposed to say, or what I told her is maybe he was genuine in that moment. I think in the moment he was having fun, but God knows what happens in people's heads after the fact. One more thing. I know we're running long, but I literally, while we're recording this, I just got a text from my friend, which is relevant. The text says, She's she's texting me as I speak. 
She said, I was supposed to have a call at 5 p.m. with this guy who has been texting me incessantly. He picked the time. We confirmed it around noon. When it was 5.15, I sent him a text and he blocked my number. I'm very confused with this new age of dating. He was the one pushing connecting. I'll end on this note. Texting is the death of the first date. Where have I heard that? Gosh, some someone brilliant must have must have said that. But that one I don't understand either. Because look, I'm reading her text exchange, and the last one from him was, "I'll try you then!" Exclamation point. Done. Blocked. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the actual situation is, but look. Just don't do that to people. The end. We don't know what's in his head and we don't know what he read or misinterpreted. And I think that's the biggest problem is she could have responded with one thing and he could have just misinterpreted and said, whoa, no, this isn't for me. Yeah, but grow a pair of big boy pants and say to someone, you know what? We're not a match. I'm canceling our call. And I think the moral of all of this is communication. As we've said time and time again, just be open to have the conversation. Even if you may have read something that you didn't like, then ask. You know, I I just want to make sure I didn't misinterpret this. You said this. I didn't really like that. What did you mean by that? Whatever. Instead of just blocking, running away, ghosting, or never talking to them again. Again, the article was 20 things to stop doing on dating apps in 2020. We can post it. Yeah, Sorry. let's post it on social media and our website. And we'd like to hear your thoughts. So share your comments and opinions about this list. And we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks for listening. 